Syndax's Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Brought to you by America's beverage companies. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, how hourly workers can participate in private equity takeovers and why Thanksgiving turkey prices are on the rise. But first, the dirty business of AI washing. So the technology industry loves nothing more than a hot new buzzword from .com to Web 2.0 to social networking to big data. But almost all of that pales in comparison to AI or artificial intelligence. Now, each morning while putting together the Pro Rata newsletter, I feel like I see at least a dozen startups that claim to be AI enabled or AI powered. In fact, it's become so ubiquitous as to be rendered almost meaningless, kind of like when companies refer to themselves as market leading. Now, to be sure, there are some companies developing and using legitimate AI, but there's way too much stuff masquerading as AI, or as a Princeton computer science professor calls it in a very well circulated slide deck, AI snake oil. One example used in that paper is so-called AI assessment software for job finders and employers. There are dozens of companies offering it, but the paper suggests they are little more than quote, elaborate random number generators that can be gamed by adding words like Harvard in invisible white text. In other words, your resume doesn't actually have to say you went to Harvard, at least not to the naked eye. It just needs to make a computer think that you did. Why it matters is that this proliferation of AI snake oil can make AI look more powerful than it really is while simultaneously dulling the public response to legitimate AI advances. In 15 seconds, we'll try to separate fact from science fiction with Axios AI reporter Kaveh Waddell. But first, this. ProRata is presented by America's Beverage Companies. Our plastic bottles are 100% recyclable, including the caps. We're working together to reduce our industry's plastic footprint with a new initiative called Every Bottle Back. Because the more bottles we remake, the less new plastic we use. Learn more at everybottleback.org. We're joined now by Axios AI reporter Kaveh Waddell. How do you, broadly speaking, separate the wheat from the chaff here? What should a company or product actually be using if it claims to be using AI? That becomes a difficult question because AI has morphed into such an umbrella term. It can include everything from what were called expert systems back in the 1970s, which were just basically huge databases of rules to really cutting edge stuff like deep learning, the kinds of things that you see big companies and startups using to detect faces and and things like that. Now, when the term gets fuzzy, that's when problems start to happen. So I think uh, generally when people use AI in a way that is misleading, in a way that makes it sound like their product can do something that it can't, or in some cases makes it sound like something is being done by a computer that's actually being done by humans, that's bad. Give me an example of that. Something that, and maybe not even whether it be a company or not, some sort of task or product where it gets marketed sometimes as AI, but it's actually a, a personal flesh and blood person who's doing the job. This can sometimes come in as a fake it till you make it kind of an approach where companies say, yeah, we've got advanced AI that can do X, Y, Z. There was one recently that said our AI can basically make you an app or a website. It'll go through the data that you give us and spit up something really nice. Now, it turned out that it was actually actual app developers and and website developers, mostly in India, who were doing this. Idea of deep learning, I think, and tell me I'm wrong about this, that does feel to me like what most people at least think about now when they think of AI. Am I wrong about that? And how would you define deep learning as opposed to kind of really any other kind of automated system? That's right. I think the safest 
space for companies that are claiming they use AI is in machine learning, which is sort of the forefront. It's still a broad category, but it's the forefront of the field. And what that entails is basically an algorithm that learns, that's that's the whole point of this, from data that it's given to discriminate between different categories. So instead of a, a classic rule-based system where you say, if you see these keywords in text, then put this document in X category versus in the other category, that would not be machine learning versus image recognition, where you're just giving it a bunch of photos and labeling them. Say you give it a million photos and they're all labeled cat. It learns, the algorithm itself learns the characteristics of what makes a photo a cat based on that group of images. And then it can start to tell you cat or not cat when you give it a new photo. That would fall into the category of definitely machine learning. Are there certain things that that maybe in popular culture we expect AI will at some point be able to do that just it just it won't be able to do that that's truly science fiction and, and isn't coming anytime soon or even anytime in the future? Yeah, I think there's a collision of what we expect computers to be able to do because we expect them to behave like humans. That collides with the realities of complicated social structures and society. So there are things that are difficult to do, but somewhat more straightforward, like perception or classification, like the cat classifier I was just talking about. And then there are there's a whole raft of products and companies that are now claiming that they can predict social outcomes with AI, which is just something that no matter how excellent your technology is, is really hard to do. And some would claim just impossible just because of how complex the actual dynamics at play are. And more importantly, what data you actually have to base predictions on. So if you want to predict something like recidivism, or if you want to predict where crime is going to occur in a city, a lot of these fall into uh, into criminal justice. Another one is, is hiring. If you want to predict from a short, like 20 or 30 second clip, if someone's going to be good at their job, you know, you have to give the system certain data points to look for, but you just don't have the deep roster of data that you would need to actually make a good prediction. So you end up relying on proxies that can be incomplete, insufficient, or problematic and outright uh, racist, sexist, and and have other problems. This is not new to machine learning or AI. These are just sort of fundamental problems with data science and big, thorny societal problems. But that doesn't mean people aren't trying to do them anyway. Kaveh Waddell, Axios AI reporter. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dan. My final two right after this. ProRata is presented by America's Beverage Companies. Not all plastic is the same. Our 100% recyclable plastic bottles and caps are made to be remade. And we want every bottle back so that our bottles can become new bottles and not end up in oceans, rivers, and beaches. That's why we're working together to reduce our industry's plastic footprint with a new initiative called Every Bottle Back. Because the more bottles we remake, the less new plastic we use. Learn more at everybottleback.org. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is this morning's news that private equity firm KKR will buy Novaria Group, a Texas manufacturer of aerospace and defense industry parts. Now, the company itself isn't particularly interesting, but the wrinkle here is that KKR will allow Novaria's roughly 900 employees to hold stock, something very unusual in private equity land, although something more private equity firms should copy if they'd like to improve their reputations, particularly in Washington, D.C. So here's how it'll work. The 100 or so top executives and managers will be allowed to co-invest with KKR in the buyout based on KKR's belief that this group of people 
has the financial wherewithal to do so. The remaining employees, most of whom are hourly workers, will be given zero-cost stock options, and both groups get to benefit from any dividends along the way. Now, KKR has done this before and usually focuses on industrials companies like Gardner Denver and CHI Overhead Doors under the feeling that a big part of the value of these companies is relatively low-paid employees. And it is something that seems to have worked well for both owner and people on the line, but not something that KKR's private equity peers have copied. It's been an opportunity lost. And finally this morning, it's not your imagination. Turkeys have become more expensive. Research firm IHS Market says that 2019 Thanksgiving turkey prices are up nearly 8% from last year, averaging out to around a buck 51 per pound. And for context, Overall grocery prices are only up 1% year over year. So two reasons for the expensive birds. First, oversupply. In short, people bought less turkey throughout the year, so producers are now jacking up prices when they've got maximum leverage. Number two, reversal to the mean. Thanksgiving turkey prices actually fell 10% between 2017 and 2018, so an 8% bump was almost to be expected. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Jesse Lee, have a great national parfait day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.